0: I'm Shelby, and I'm from Reynoldsburg, Ohio. So what was broken on my car was really unique, and they did a wonderful job at tracking it down and had it there the next day and fixed. 3C dealt with my insurance, so I just got to sit back, and they took care of everything. I had my car back within a week, then somebody else hit it, and now I find myself back at 3C Body Shop. I would recommend 3C to family, friends, and anybody who has been an accident. 3C! Hey guys, have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions like, how do I record an episode? How do I get my show into the apps all the people like to listen to? And how do I make money from my podcast? Well, the answer to every one of these questions is really simple. It's called Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. And best of all, it's 100% free and extremely easy to use. And now... Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. I've been using Anchor now for oh, almost a year, and I really enjoy it. It's a lot easier than any of the other podcast apps I've ever tried. And again, it's free, guys. It really is free. It doesn't cost anything. Uh, so if you want to get started on a podcast and making money doing it, then go to anchor.fm slash start. That's anchor.fm slash start. Anchor, the best way to podcast. Hi, everybody. This is Victor Rojas, president of the Frisco Rough Riders. You're listening to the Ranger Report Podcast. This is the Ranger Report Podcast. News insights, predictions, interviews, and information about the Texas Rangers from the major leagues to the minor leagues. And now, here are your hosts, Ben Dieter and CJ Berryman. All right, everyone, welcome to the Ranger Report podcast, now brought to you in part by Walton's
1: experience the joy of watching your friends and family's faces light up when you feed them wild game you harvested and made them delicious sausages or meat you barbecue and grill with the finest seasonings available visit our friends at waltons.com to find everything you need to turn wild game into tasty meat snacks or spice up your barbecue with new flavors and seasonings with over 500 seasonings to choose from there's something that everyone will love they even have step-by-step videos and how-to articles at me to help you go from animal to edible use coupon rangers 15 at checkout to save 15 percent on your first order at waltons.com waltons everything but the meat
0: and that's right everything but the meat and use that code rangers 15 that is a code that is exclusive to us i believe so thank you waltons for sponsoring us we are excited to pick up our first major sponsor so uh they sent us some samples and i'll tell you what i haven't found one that i don't like yet
1: nope and again that green chili cheese dip again i, I crushed it it's gone that stuff is and, so uh, good yeah mine is that, too yeah and i've tried some of the sauces um on they got sandwich sauces and stuff like that you can put on burgers and yeah instead of like mayo or may you know it, man it's good it's good stuff I'm 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 certainly certainly happy to be uh in partnership with walton's
0: definitely so all right led uh, i am by the way Ben Dieter. you can find me on twitter at bdeter 75 Oh, yeah. I'm
1: CJ Berryman. You can find me at CJB underscore RR.
0: And you can find us at The Ranger Report on Twitter, at The Riders Report as well, by the way. Um, I haven't mentioned that one, but that's where I live tweet Riders games when I'm watching them because they have been really good lately. We'll get into that a little later in the podcast. You can also find us on Instagram, on Facebook, and pretty much anywhere else that you can find podcasts or social media. We're there because we're just everywhere.
1: We are all over the place in your face. Well, not really, but, uh,
0: <laughs> and, and literally we're, yeah, all, yeah. we're all over Texas too. Cause I'm in East Texas and you're in Amarillo. So we're all over in, East Texas too. I'm in Amarillo.
1: And apparently we got fans in Canada. That's great to hear.
0: It is. Yeah. I like the fact that we have fans in Canada. I mean, why not? You know, we have, we've, we got an email saying that we ranked pretty high. And also thank you. We have a, uh, Several five-star reviews now, so thank you guys for doing that, and uh, get out there and give us some more reviews, five-star hopefully, but we do appreciate that. It helps us. We are up in the top 160, again, of Apple Podcasts, so there are over 2,000 baseball podcasts, so to be up at 160, pretty impressive. We'll start tonight by talking about someone that's kind of been snubbed in the All-Star. Isaiah Kiner-Falefa has been uh, been kind of snubbed. He's not uh, not on the list right now of people in the All-Star game and he leads CJ all of uh the American League in defensive WAR.
1: Yeah, and everybody nobody he was ranked to the, to start the season as the last uh, worst shortstop in the league. And yeah, now he's uh on his way to a gold glove, I don't think I, I wouldn't pick anybody ahead of him. He's also hitting 290, which is very high on the season, considering that all statistical hitting numbers are down. Yeah. And for the Rangers, I mean, he's leading in runs scored with 41, uh, with hits at 83. He leads the team in doubles with 14. He leads the team in triples or tied for the lead in triples with two. Uh, you know, it's just. He's being, he's being completely overlooked, and it's understandable because the Rangers are not a good team this year. Everybody knew it coming in, and he yeah. also leads the team with 15 stolen bases, and I believe that's second in the AL as well. So, yeah, it's it's understandable when you're not a huge market team and you're not playing well that some of your players are going to get overlooked. But when he's arguably your top player, I mean, he's the top position player on the team easily and he's he's going to you're going to be hearing his name a lot moving forward and now's a perfect opportunity for people to get to know IKF yeah. the way we do nationally but and, and and like we talked about before getting on air hopefully that's going to be the case when the players and managers get to vote when it comes to their turn but the the fans of they're just not they're not able to see it because the rangers aren't on any national broadcast no. so hopefully that changes because i know his peers and his his opponents has certainly taken notice, and he's got an OBP at 326. Too, I, there's just—I mean, I can sit here and run the numbers down, yeah, all I want, you know. To, but everybody who's who's listening to this podcast is obviously watching the games, and they know everything that we're trying to. That everything we're trying to preach right now is that IKF is absolutely being snubbed right now.
0: I would agree, and I think you know if you haven't voted, you have until Thursday to get out there and vote. So go ahead and vote for IKF and also for Adolis Garcia. I think that Kyle Gibson will make it. Pitchers make it by. Uh, the the, the uh, fans don't vote for pitchers. I think it would be ridiculous if Kyle Gibson didn't make it. So I think Gibson, Garcia are probably going to make it, and it would be a, a shame if IKF doesn't because of all the numbers you were saying. But it's not just numbers. He is He's obviously the best shortstop in the American League right now, and I don't think it's even all that close. He's playing.
1: I don't either, yeah.
0: Yeah, he's playing at a level. That I, I don't think even I expected. I thought he would be good, but he's playing at a level that is just fantastic. Probably, you know, like uh, Elvis in his prime when Elvis was so good. And, you know, he just reminds me a little bit of uh, of Elvis, a little bit of Michael Young, the way he just goes about his business so professionally.
1: Yes, yes. I was going to say Michael Young. Elvis had the, the physical attributes, yeah, the physical talent that you just make all those wow plays. And what, got, what gets Elvis still to this day is, is some of the routine plays that he just kind of he doesn't. Uh, lo- he just loses focus on. I guess is what is what, kind of what I guess he would explain Elvis's issue with yeah. what has always been his issue with shortstop. But the IKF doesn't do that, and yeah, he's he's. I expected a, maybe a year or maybe half the year for hit, for it to be a, a solid adjustment. No, it happened right away, and you know, excellent excellent defense. Uh, it seems at least once a week or twice a week or three times a week he makes a play a difficult play and makes it look easy. Um, yeah, he doesn't make the huge jump throw plays, but that's just, you know, not many people can do that. that no. one, but uh, yeah, and you mentioned uh, Adoles Garcia about two weeks ago, they did a pre, you know, pre all-star voting, you know, who should be starting uh, for the AL and NL. And they had Adoles Garcia starting in the outfield. I doubt that the, I doubt that, that they'll let that happen. But him being in the all-star game is, to me is a no brainer. Yeah. As well. I think he's second in homers in the AL. Um, you know, again the defense and he ha- he brings the wow factor. He gets the he's been getting a more wow factor than IKF has, and that's yeah. because he's been getting, you know, all that massive you know April and May uh that he had just really put him on the map. He had eighteen home runs. Who would have thought at this point of the season before we started that Adoles Garcia would be Leading Joey Gallo 18 to 12 in home runs. Yeah. Yeah. Adoles Garcia for sure. I, I don't think there's any way that he doesn't get there. 48 RBIs. And this is, the, he missed the first two weeks of the season because he wasn't even on a team. Yep. So,
0: yeah, he has uh, been, uh, he's, he's, he has definitely been two, not what we expected. A pleasant surprise on a team that otherwise hasn't been all that fun to watch.
1: Oh, sure. And I remember the first series that I got to see him and, one, just step up there at the plate and take his first his very first at bat. I was like, holy cow, this guy looks like a ball player. Like, you know, where did he he come from? I'll be honest, you and I both were like, man, we had no idea where he came from, did a little more research. And I mean, he just pretty much showed up a couple of years ago with the Cardinals and hadn't made anybody's squad, didn't make the Rangers squad. And then poof, here he is tearing it up. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't see how he didn't make it. And I guarantee Carl Gibson's getting in. I guarantee, there's no way he couldn't. He's still undefeated. His ERA is dangling around. You know, it it keeps approaching two at each with each start, and he's starting tonight. So, yeah, the, I don't I don't see if there's if there's any way he doesn't get it.
0: Yeah. And I do think, I do think IKF will make it. I just think it's funny that he's, and you know, for the fan vote, that's usually the problem is it's a popularity contest. And when the Rangers are as bad as they are, then no one nationally even knows who he is. Just like the writer that made him last in the American League. Like you said, I don't blame him. He hadn't watched him. You know, he looked up his stats, saw he was a catcher and thought, oh, great, a catcher moving to shortstop. He'll be last, you know, and that's. That's how it happens. Now, when he tried to cover for himself, that's when he got himself into trouble and acted like he knew more than he did. But, uh, you know, that happens, and uh, it's okay. But he is definitely showing people wrong, and he definitely deserves to be in the All-Star game. Now, the rest of the Rangers team, probably not so much other than the people we've mentioned. I mean, let's just say it. I knew they were going to be bad, but they're going through a streak right now that's probably worse than I expected them to be. It's like pitching if their pitching is on, their offense is terrible. If they can finally get some hits, their bullpen falls apart. You know, if their starter, usually with Dunning and with uh, fulton they've come in and had a horrible first inning and then recovered, but the offense is so lackluster that they cannot come back from that horrible first inning. And it's just like, it seems like nothing goes right at the same time for this team right now.
1: Yeah, and nobody's nobody's making big hits. You know, IKF, is you can kind of see over the past few weeks that he's noticed this is a singles team. This is not a slugging team at all. They're, I mean, they're, yeah. they're just not getting any doubles either. No doubles, no triples. It's rare. And then the home runs they hit are all solo home runs because nobody's on base. But you can see it with, with Isaiah Connor falefa When he gets on base, you know, he's got a he's got a on-base streak that's going in, I think, 12, 13 games at this point, I think. Uh, I should know that off the top of my head, but I don't. Sorry. But – he gets on base and he's stealing. he's had five steals in the past couple of weeks. yeah uh, So and he's, he's been aggressive in trying to get something started for the team, you know get be a fire starter, but it, nobody behind him is driving him in. And an example of that over the past two weeks, and I tweeted about this, the, when they have gotten the bases loaded, they have pooped their pants. Two innings against the Dodgers. The first in the last inning, they had the bases loaded and came away with nothing. And in that last inning when they had the bases loaded, there was nobody else. No, yeah. Nobody out, and they had just scored three runs prior to that, and you had the middle of the order coming up and came away with nothing. Yep. And sure enough, the bases were loaded the other night, and Nick Solak came through with a single to drive into. And I was going to tweet about – I was going to try not to tweet something horrible if he wasn't able to come through with the hit right there because just the, the, the getting guys in position – and not get coming up with a key hit and then not having anybody in scoring position when guys are getting hits and the lack of power. It's just been And like you said, it, when, it, when something else is going right, something else is going wrong. Yep. You know, it's pitching is great. Hitting is bad. Um, we're getting hits and uh, running into running into outs or the bullpen comes in after a great start and, and, and just blows it away. Brett DeGus two days ago uh, for the first time in a while, and I think he only's only pitched. It was only his third appearance this month, and it was because they didn't. They would have sent him down. They would have sent him down to work on stuff. Uh, but they, if they do, he has to return back to the Dodgers because he's a Rule Five pick. He cannot be sent down. He's got to stay on the he's got to stay on the roster all yeah. season long. So they just limited his his appearances, which puts stress on everybody else in the bullpen. And it's a very young bullpen. But he came out and pitched great the other day. So hopefully he's he's rounding back in form because he started off, aside from that Royal Series, he started off really good and hit a bad, bad slide, and bad enough to where they just stopped pitching him. The Rangers have 99 problems, and all of them are legit.
0: Yeah, I would 100% agree with that. They definitely do. They are just – and again, we knew they were going to be bad. It's not a surprise. They're going to get another high draft pick next year on top of, you know, the one they're getting this year because – once again, they're going to be low down in the American League after the end of this season, and that's okay. And I didn't put this in the notes, but I think we're coming close to the end of the uh, J.D. era. As the Even as the president, I think he, he made that switch. I think he's probably on his way out, if I had to guess. I don't know if it'll be three years or five years, but I think by the time this team is rebuilt and ready to compete, I don't think J.D. will be there anymore.
1: Well, I hope so.
0: <laughs> and a, lot, a lot of fans I agree with be- you.
1: I hate to be blunt about that, and this will actually segue back into me, Ben. You and I were talking about this back when we both were were doing some work for Nolan Ryan on FanSided back in 20, 2014. Uh I wrote a story called the, no- "The Curse of Nolan is Real," and it's eerie how right I was. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I agree. We need to, we need to we need to put that on the on the on our website and let folks read that. I am a I'm a hundred percent a Nolan Ryan guy. Nolan Ryan is my baseball hero. Oh, yeah. Um, he was my Rangers hero before that. Now that's Mike, Michael Young. Michael Young overtook him for Rangers hero. But all around baseball, Nolan Ryan does can do no wrong, and he hasn't. I fully believe that, and I believe that he was pushed out. We, the Rangers made a huge mistake in doing so and in turning the keys fully back to John Daniels after – well, we're, we're going to have – I think we. I've said this three podcasts. But we're going to have an episode of the podcast where we talk about that um, – kind of our where the Rangers went wrong and John Daniels is going to be involved in a lot of that, but yes. uh, yeah, we need to put that story up and, and let folks read that and see, see what the comp, see what kind of comments we get because that Nolan Ryan was, uh, he, he got, he got the Rangers on the right track. Yeah. So I think it's time to turn the leaf on the, on the John Daniels long-term experiment because uh, well, it, it's just the perfect time, you know, new manager, yep. new general manager, Turn the leaf and move on because obviously John Daniels has lost faith, especially from the fans, and he may have lost it with the with the front office. And yeah. right now it seems like he is Nolan Ryan to Chris Young, which is scary as Nolan Ryan was to John Daniels when Nolan Ryan became team president back yeah. in two thousand and seven, which was great. So I maybe that's the case. I hope you're right.
0: Yeah, I hope so too. I mean, I and again, I never had anything against him and I still don't, but I just think he he's he's outlived his his uh his time here in Texas. Top 10. And speaking of that, you know, talking about that, Evan Grant of the Dallas Morning News did a top 10 draft picks of the Rangers all-time and one thing you'll notice in this list as we go through it is not a lot of them are people that uh, John Daniel's drafted. Nope. <laughs> Not many of them at all actually are in the top 10. So we'll start with number 10. Number 10. It is David Clyde. David Clyde was a, uh, the number one overall pick, I believe by the Rangers in 1973. Uh, so he was their first number one overall pick. Uh, they would just become the Rangers. they moved here in 1972. Uh, and he had a pretty decent career, uh, for the Rangers and for a lot of other teams. But, uh, you know, he pitched for the Rangers back when they no one knew who they were because they had just moved to Texas. But Evan Grant calls him the number ten pick of all time for the Rangers.
1: That one's interesting because if you go back, and obviously I wasn't I wasn't around to cover the to cover the Rangers, but to be a fan or cover the Rangers, nope, back then. But uh, the thing about him was he was he was highly touted when he was drafted. I think it was uh, Sandy Koufax is who he was compared to. Yeah, is the next Sandy Koufax in. Yeah, it, I don't I, I disagree with Evan on that. I love lists because yeah, I because I'd love I love to hate them because I think that all of them are wrong at some point. But that's the first thing I do with lists. I go through try to poke holes in it immediately. So <laughs> with all due respect to Mr. Evan Grant, I disagree with this one. I don't think he, he needs to be in the top 10. Now, being the first pick of the Rangers that's that's great, but it's not like he's Bob Lilly.
0: Yeah, the first yeah. pick
1: of the Cowboys who turned out to be a monster and a and a legend. And the guy to really help push the, the the Cowboys forward. Yeah, he had a Clyde had an eighteen and thirty-three overall record yeah. as and as a pro. So
0: and an ERA of four point six three. So it's not like he lit it up.
1: About two hundred and twenty-eight strikeouts, I guess, for the short time that he was he was in the majors, nineteen seventy three to nineteen seventy nine. Yeah. I I disagree, Mr. Mr. Grant. Sorry.
0: Number nine. All right. The number nine I do agree with, that's Rick Helling. Uh, Rick Helling was a lower draft choice for the Rangers. I just had it in front of me. Drafted in the first round of the 1992 draft. Uh, he obviously was uh, He was the first pitcher, it says here, in 1998. He won five straight games on the road, and no pitcher matched that until 2009, Scott Feldman, a guy that we've talked about several times on here.
1: Love Feldy. Yeah,
0: Helling, uh, Helling did win a World Series, obviously not with the Rangers, with the Florida Marlins. Uh, and He was the American League uh, wins leader in 1998 so he did have a good long career overall 93 and 81 with a 468 earn run average over a <laughs> thousand strikeouts so he did have a pretty decent career played for the rangers for a little while
1: yeah i i can i cannot disagree rick helling uh you can argue he was the he was the ace of the rangers first a few uh, playoff appearances. Yeah. And I mean, 1998 season when he had the 21 season, he was one of two Rangers pitchers that had 21s. Aaron Seeley yeah. was also on the team that year, and they both had 21 seasons. What's funny is they both had ERAs above four that year. The offense was just insanely good, but that's, that's no indictment on them. That's back when the ballpark in Arlington was just a home run paradise. So for them to go out there and post that uh, ERA you know right where they were and they pretty much pitched to the game. So yeah. there's a lot of games where Sealy and Helling would go out there and they'd get given a be given a big lead and your job then is to go out there throw strikes let them put it in play and let them you know get out go deep into the game. So yeah, Helling Helling certainly deserves to be in the top 10 for sure. Maybe maybe a little higher You can argue that. But what's funny is that he became, he was traded to the Florida Marlins by the Rangers and then traded back to the Rangers by the Florida Marlins in 1997. Uh, That was an Ed Vosberg deal. Uh, The Rangers sent Ed Vosberg to the Marlins to bring Rick Helling back in 97, where he pitched till 2001. But, and yeah, it goes back to the Marlins in 2003 there with Pudge Rodriguez and they win a World Series.
0: They did. (laughs) So, yeah, Helling was a part of those first rangers world series teams the next guy on the list number eight is cj wilson a guy that was part of the second rangers run and i actually kind of forgot that he was a rangers draft choice because he was the 141st overall pick in the fifth round it wasn't like he was taken high and he definitely uh, out outpitched his draft stock
1: big time and yeah he might have been a quirky quirky fellow but the guy loved to pitch. He was a bulldog on the mound. He was. He yeah. was a closer for a while, set up guy before that in the closer. And then when they made him the starter, that would have been in twenty ten twenty yeah, twenty ten.
0: Yeah, twenty ten. First
1: World Series yeah, first World Series run. They made him the starter and he was the third or fourth guy in the rotation. I was like, I don't know how that's gonna work up. He was very wild when he pitched out of the bullpen. Yeah. Um he threw hard, ninety six, ninety seven. He could hit high nineties when he was limiting how many innings and pitches that he was going to go. But uh, yeah, when he, they made him a starter, he transitioned very, very well and ended up being the ace of the staff in t- 2011, had a sub-3 ERA. And yeah, I mean, uh, any pitcher that's, that came in at that point and was successful as he and the next guy we're going to talk about were, you know, sub-3, sub-4, sub sub-3 ERAs and, and two world ch- championship appearances, you're going to be high on this list, especially if you're drafted, and C.J. Wilson definitely deserves to be on that list.
0: I agree. And the next guy who bounced around and was with the Rangers several times as well as lots of other places, including, uh, including Japan.
1: Number seven.
0: Is Colby uh, Lewis, another guy who was part of that, uh, and he was a first-round draft choice by the Rangers in 1999, uh, but that wasn't what he was best known for. He was best known for when he came back, known as the Cobra. That was his nickname. And he is still, Mm -hmm. he was one of our trivia questions in March. He's still the Rangers all-time winningest postseason pitcher.
1: Colby Lewis, when he first came up, I remember when the Rangers called him up, they actually had John Rocker as the closer. Uh, I can't recall which exact year that was. It was around 2000. It might have been 2000. But, yeah, he was a fireballer. He was a hard thrower. And he ended up having some arm troubles. and. It affected him so much that he bounced around a little bit, and then had to go to Japan and, and pretty much reinvented himself as a pitcher, and came yeah. back and threw around 90-91. Great slider, big curveball, good changeup. Uh, just a very effective, not flashy. And yeah, he was Mr. Clutch, Mr. Mr. Iron, ice in his veins in the playoffs. I mean, he's he the bigger moments than playoffs that, that 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 it was. In a game that he was starting, the better he was. And Kobe Lewis, Mr. Grant, deserves to be on this list, but he deserves to be higher.
0: I would agree with that. I think as the Rangers all-time winningest postseason pitcher, I think he deserves to be a little bit higher on this list. The next one he has is Kevin Brown, right-handed pitcher that was drafted by the Rangers. Number six. Um, you know, Kevin Brown is someone that Rangers fans probably probably remember, but he he is Again, he's another one I would kind of agree with you. He was part of the Rangers eighty six through ninety-four, not any of their winning seasons. Um just kinda was there. He had a, a nice major league career, three point two eight earned run average overall. His total win loss record was two eleven to one forty four, which is also pretty good. But, you know, he was with the Rangers and then kind of bounced his way around after that, after nineteen ninety four. Yeah, there was a,
1: there was a couple years there, not with the Rangers, but with the Baltimore, Florida, and with San Diego, where he was considered well, and 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 the Dodgers, he's with the Dodgers from ninety nine to two thousand three, where he's considered one of the top pitchers in baseball. Every year he hit free agency, he was getting top dollar. Yeah, and yeah, two hundred eleven wins—that's pretty good. And I guess the the criteria for this isn't the the best drafted player by the Rangers that as a ranger yeah it's best player periods because yeah his his heydays came after he was with the rangers he was with them for quite some time and that pitching staff also was looked pretty good uh, back when he was i guess you, i wouldn't call it his prime but before he hit his prime you had nolan ryan kevin brown kenny rogers you know that's so it looked looked like the, the future was bright but that never transpired in any playoff appearances and then he bolted in 94 yep so yeah he got him some world series win uh World Series rings, Marlins. Uh, I believe in '98. That's the when the Padres. Oh no, no, no. Yeah, was that when the Padres went to the World Series against the Yankees? No, it wasn't. It was a little later than that.
0: Yeah, it was a little uh, later. But than anyway,
1: that. but anyway, yeah. He every for every team he pitched for, except for the Yankees, he kind of he got big money to go to the Yankees and and kind of under underwhelmed, and that was it for him. But before that, in between the Rangers and the Yankees, he was he was one of the top pitchers in baseball. So. Yeah, I, I can't disagree with that one, but I would put Colby Lewis in front of him.
0: I would, too. And the next guy, maybe number five would need to be higher. I don't know, just because he's a fan favorite. The next guy in the list is Jim Sunberg, Catcher, probably Sunny. probably the second best catcher in Rangers history behind, of course, Pudge mm-hmm. Rodriguez. But, uh, you know, he was actually drafted in the free agent draft. He wasn't even drafted in the regular draft. So the Rangers drafted him in '73, and of course he played for the Rangers for nine years, and then another year or two after that at the end of his career. But just a great catcher everywhere he went, a great guy. He's been involved with the organization for years as well, a much loved player. I don't know, I might, I might see him a little higher than this, but some of the guys they have ahead of him definitely deserve to be there. But at number five, he has Jim Sunday.
1: Yeah, and again, this is this is for overall. Draft pick as far as overall player, not just with the Rangers. So, because um, there's there's a player on here that's missing that I think deserves to be on there, but is not. Yeah, Sunny. He's he's been a I don't know, pretty much a mainstay with the Rangers from playing career to post career, and it, it was it was fun seeing when Nolan Ryan came back and, and started got getting into ownership with the Rangers how, how often him and Sonny were hanging out together. You know, sitting down there on that first base side behind catchers, behind the catcher's plate, and yeah, I mean, Sonny, Sonny's a, I mean, he's he's Ranger loyalty, so oh yeah, Ranger royalty, Ranger royalty. So yeah, I knew royalty, what you meant both of them, both of them. Ranger, yeah, loyalty, loyalty and royalty. Ranger, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, Sonny, he deserves to be up there for sure, and and yeah, he's just I, I, I loved uh, whenever him and Tom Grieve, I believe him and Tom Grieve got to do a broadcast together for on Fox sports Southwest together for a few games. And, um, yeah, Sonny was, Sonny was pretty good. I, I, I liked that. And I didn't get to see him play. he's too young, but
0: yeah, same here. Yeah. He's
1: other, he's Rangers other gold. than
0: highlights. Yeah. He's definitely Rangers gold. Yep. He is, he is a fan. Now the next guy, number four was on our, our list that we did of the greatest Ranger at every position. And that is outfielder, left fielder, rusty Greer, who is also still involved with the organization, but man, he is a guy that everybody like you. You don't hear anyone talk bad about Rusty Greer at all when it comes to people talking about the Texas Rangers. And of course, he spent all 15 of his years playing as a Ranger.
1: Yeah, my dad was a very big, huge Rusty Greer fan, and I was as well. He's he told me that Rusty Greer is how you play baseball. And I actually I was I, I pitched right handed through right handed, and I batted left handed. And I emulated my batting stance from a little kid all the way till <laughs> I fit, well, I stopped playing baseball as. Rusty Greer with a big <laughs> lean back, and you know the nickname the Red Baron, uh, playing left field. Great fielder. He, I, I think he got robbed. Nineteen ninety six, he got robbed of winning a Gold Glove. Or did he win it in uh, l- ninety six?
0: I can't. Remember. I can't remember actually. Uh, let's look under awards. I can't remember he won or not. If he didn't, he definitely should have. But he played with reckless abandon in the outfield.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he was an all or, all or nothing player. And he hit for average. There was some seasons where he was hitting three thirty, uh, three twenty.
0: Yeah, I, think I mean his three or his, four years. His career batting average is three oh five. That's impressive.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There was there was like a three or four year span where he didn't hit below three twenty. Yeah. And yeah, he was a, he was penciled in every single day for Johnny Oates, for manager Johnny Oates in the three hole for the Rangers once he once he finally hit his stride in nineteen ninety four. 96 is when he started getting pencil in it at the three hole. And he was there for a long, long time after that. And he was actually there when Alex Rodriguez was signed and he hit lead off. Yeah. So there's, there's some versatility for you. The guy was an on-base machine and yeah, the red bear and I, everybody. It's, it's associated with the Rangers. is a Rangers fan that can think back that far. I can't believe I'm saying that I'm feeling old, but everybody loves Rusty Greer. don't, don't find anything. Anybody that's going to say anything bad about Thurman Clyde Rear?
0: No, you are correct about that. You're not going to find anyone. Number three. Now, you will find some people that spoke bad about this next guy, but I think Mm -hmm. he he deserves to be where he's at on this list. Because if you're looking at overall Major League career, not only with the Rangers, but everywhere, number three, Ian Kinsler had a pretty darn good career, and he had a pretty darn good career with the Rangers. It's just everyone would complain about his propensity to pop the first pitch up way high Mm -hmm. into the air. But I mean overall if you look at it he had a really nice major league career. I believe he won a World Series with the Red Sox if I'm not mistaken in 2018. No, so, that
1: would have been uh that would have been Napoli. He was with Detroit. Uh, oh,
0: okay, okay, okay. Yeah, they won it. Yeah, it was Napoli that won it. Sorry. So he didn't, but he he good? he uh he did have quite a great career. Lots of 30-30 seasons especially with the Rangers. He had 3 in a row I believe, 2009, 10 and 11, 30 home runs, 30 steals. Uh, was a just a great everyday second baseman.
1: Yeah, I called the Sunberg Rangers lo- royalty, loyalty loyalty. <laughs> How many times am I going to do that in the pod? <laughs> uh, but anyway, I would I would have loved to have said that. So is Ian Kinsler, but the John Daniels decided to make sure that didn't happen by trading him to Detroit for Prince Fielder. By the way, is that is that still does that still go down
0: as as Daniels' worst trade? Or, or there are wor- You know what we should look at daniel's There's- we should look at daniel we should definitely we need to get together and do this uh do this daniel's worst trade best trade all this stuff but and then also do our own draft pick thing but yeah i mean it's got to be up there with one of the top 3 worst trades of all time for the rangers yeah
1: i'd, I'd have to look it's top top 3 arguably i've got two actually believe it or not that i believe they're worse <laughs> than that one so um i can tell you right off the top of the head those other two but wh- that's that's for another time yeah um, we'll definitely do yeah, that i know ian Kinsler was an integral part of those world series appearances an integral part uh oh, yeah. hitting for the cycle he, he was a danger anytime he stepped to the plate him yep. lead off you had to worry about it, giving up a home run right off the bat he was uh, he was somebody that, that that terrorized pitchers. Yeah, and not only that, he could he could like you mentioned, he could run the bases. Real very aggressive player. Very he played like his hair was on fire. He did easily, easily, easily deserves to be right where he's at. And I actually would put him above the next
0: guy. Yeah, I was gonna say three, two, and one in in a particular order. Like maybe not that exact order, but I agree with all three of them. Uh, the next one is Kenny Rogers. Kenny Rogers, of course. Was a fantastic pitcher for the Rangers for a long time, but like you said, probably should be a little behind Ian Kinsler on that list. But uh, Kenny Rogers was drafted. Let me look here. I had it right here. Of course, he's nicknamed the Gambler because you know he has the same name as the guy who wrote that song, mm-hmm. Kenny Rogers. If you didn't know who had the same name as him, um, I'm not stalling at all. Looking for where he was drafted um, at all. He did. He did throw <laughs> yeah. a. Per- he did throw a perfect game. I can.
1: Yeah, he's the first. The first. First a uh, perfect game in Rangers history I believe wasn't it
0: it was yes he was the 39th overall pick in the 1989 draft um he was a fantastic fielder by the Rangers the number 39 overall spent 7 years in the minors before uh, he finally came up he was not actually drafted as a pitcher he was a shortstop but they converted him into a pitcher and i think that worked out all right he and that that sort of explains too why he won so many gold gloves cj
1: yeah, left-handed shortstop. That's pretty interesting. Yeah, that was back when they used to used to still try that out. Uh, but yeah, yeah, five Gold Glove awards, and, and as we we talked about off air a minute ago, that's he was at the time considered one of the best at fielding his position in the AL. Yeah, the NL was taken up by Greg Maddox every year. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, he he was one of the best, and he had three different stints with the Rangers. So, you want to talk about loyalty, it was, you know, he left after 95, went to the Yankees, and immediately won two World Series. Yeah,
0: jerk. And,
1: yeah, then he came back to the Rangers in 2000 through 2002, went to the Twins in 2003, then came back to the Rangers for two more years. So, pitched a long time for the Rangers. Yep. Uh, 200 wins, almost 2,000 strikeouts, and... I know a lot of people remember, number one is the gambler, number two, the the whole camera incident with his, yeah. his third stint. Yep. And also for the perfect game. Now, it was, uh, at the time, the 14th perfect game in baseball history, and it is still the only one in Rangers history. And that actually, I just looked up, underwhelming Rangers pitchers historically have been. But that was actually the last no-hitter thrown as well back in 1994. The Rangers haven't had anything anything really near that. Since, so yeah, Kenny Rogers certainly Rangers gold. Although he did pitch for six different organizations, I believe. Yeah, he did but came came back to the Rangers three different times unfortunately just during times where he he was with the Rangers right before they made those late 90s runs.
0: Yep. All right, number 1, no surprise to me at all when I when I saw he did this list. This is kind of I who I assumed our number 1 draft choice would be and that is Mark Teixeira. Looking at his overall career, 409 home runs, you know, a 2.68 batting average, almost 1300 RBI, you know, a World Series maybe two with the Yankees. I mean, the guy was a great player. He did, uh, he did say one thing that irritated the uh, Ranger Nation when he left. Is the reason he wanted to be traded is he didn't want to play for losers, which was great because right after he left, he actually made it where the Rangers were no longer a losing franchise thanks to him. <laughs> yeah, he he's just
1: for me. It was just always the instant he got called up, just kind of always seemed like he. Uh, more of a pompous player yeah. i guess is is the proper proper term for that and i don't know just just me looking at it to me I'm, I'm i'm thinking more about what they did for the rangers than, than what the overall purpose of the, the article and the list was for but yeah 400 home runs 268 bat, uh, overall batting average yeah won won a few world series the three times three time or i'm sorry one world series yeah. just in 2009
0: i couldn't remember if I mean, won one or goal, two yeah
1: yeah, five gold gloves, three silver sluggers, three-time all-star. Yeah, he's he's definitely as far as the Rangers draft picks go.
0: Thanks for listening to the Ranger Report podcast. Find us on Twitter, Facebook, and at therangerreport.com.